Today on Locked on Rockies, the injuries continue to mount. The future continues to be murky. The Colorado Rockies have one thing to do. That's play the kids. You are Locked on Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back Locked on Rockies podcast, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies talk right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. And if your team is the Colorado Rockies, guess what? You're in the right spot because that's what we do around here is we talk about the Colorado Rockies each and every day, free and streaming on your favorite streaming service, also on the SiriusXM app or SiriusXM. Just search Locked on Rockies. You can also get all your play-by-play action for the Rockies. Don't miss out on first pitch. Don't miss all the action. Just search Rockies in the SiriusXM app or on SiriusXM, and you'll be taken to where you need to go. You can select the feed of your choice. Maybe you want to check out the away broadcast as well. You never know what you might want to do. But uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And oh, shout out to all my everydayers out there. Nicholas Delvo, one of them. He's hanging out in the live chat, just like you can. When you see that we go live on the Locked on Rockies YouTube channel, you can jump into the live chat and be part of the show. Ask your Rockies questions live. Fire off your Rockies hot takes. And we'll chat about it all right here on the Locked on Rockies podcast. Paul Holden here, of course, your Rockies fan extraordinaire, following this team my entire life and bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast for three seasons now. Uh, today on the pod, we got to talk about the injuries. We got to talk about the impact of injuries that uh, the Rockies have sustained. We're also going to talk about this team's issues at home and what that really means overall for the Colorado Rockies and if that's a sign of uh, how worried should we be. And I think it's more of, um, I think for lack of a better word, a canary in the coal mine situation there uh, than actually uh, something about uh, not being good at home. I, I think that I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be able to explain a little bit more of that. And then in our final segment today, we have a uh, special little segment we're going to do today. Jason Burke from uh, over there on Locked On uh, A's is going to give us a rundown of everything that's going on in Oakland and what's going on with the kind of reverse sellout boycott plan uh, going on in Oakland tomorrow. So he's going to actually take over segment number three today. Uh, he prepared a little video, and he, he's going to break down everything that's going on uh, in Oakland for us here on the pod today. So make sure you uh, stick around uh, for that if you are curious about all the things that are going on in Oakland. He hosts the Locked on Ace podcast. He writes for Sports Illustrated about the Ace. He's accredited A's guy. He is in the clubhouse. He is there. And uh, I'm seeing some reaction here from the live chat. Nicholas Delvo says, we keep losing too many close games. And Lux Ace says, this season just went to flames. Well, that's probably because the Lux Ace's profile picture is Charlie Blackman. And Charlie Blackman will be missing an extended amount of time for the Colorado Rockies uh, with a fractured, I think... I don't know what the difference between fractured or broken is. I'm sure it's something sort of in the severity and the actual of the break there. But Charlie Blackman severely messed up his hand and uh, will be missing a significant amount of time, which is a huge bummer as well, because while he wasn't dominant, Charlie, the Rockies are a better team with Charlie Blackman on it. And Charlie Blackman was swinging a pretty good stick. Uh, here's from uh, Kelsey uh, Wingrid Lynch here on uh, Twitter. Here is the Rockies IL as of the 11th of June. Chris Bryant, bruised heel. Charlie Blackman, broken hand. CJ Crone, back. Brendan Rodgers, torn labrum. Sean Boussard, bicep surgery. Herman Marquez, Tommy John. Antonio Sensatella, elbow. Ryan Feltner, skull fracture. Tyler Kinney, flexor, flexor surgery. Lucas Gilbreth, Tommy John. That's a lot. 
that's a ton. I mean, you really can't overstate how big of an impact that is. If the Rockies had these players back in the lineup, they certainly would be a better team, you would imagine. But they're, a lot of them are going to miss a time. CJ Crone, unfortunately, sounds like he's going to miss even more time, and this back is far from, from right. So in the face of this, and really in the face of this season, and as you approach the trade deadline, you have to go full-blown, let the kids play like they did yesterday. You need to let Ailerys Montero strike out three times. You need to let, them, to let these players get in the lineup consistently because it's going to help us get a better and real understanding about what these players are capable of and who the Rockies have coming up to be in the future. This is the next generation of the Rockies, folks. Yesterday's game was a prime example. That is what the Colorado Rockies of the future look like. You know, throw in your Chris Bryant probably for 60 games a year at this point or whatever. He's going to play it with, with his health rate or concerns at this rate. And the pitching staff will look a little bit different and probably fluctuate a little bit as well. But when you're looking at positional players and when you're looking at players that are going to spend a considerable amount of time on the Rockies and as Rockies, yesterday was it. And there's things to be encouraged by. Nolan Jones looks very good. Nolan Jones is legit. Brenton Doyle gives you a base-stealing threat. Aloris Montero needs to be given the opportunity to be the player he can be. Then I believe we are going to see a power increase from him. Ezekiel Tovar continues to mature and get better as a major league player. All of these guys are young guys. All of these guys are going to have issues. All of these guys are going to strike out a lot, are going to chase pitches, are going to make mistakes in the field, but this is the time. This is the season. This is the opportunity. And as we, Thomas Harding writes a little bit about it. The Rockies lineup yesterday indicates it. The Rockies really have no other choice but to go full speed ahead with these prospects, with these young guys, even when they're rehabbing. I mean, these guys that are rehabbing and coming back, you're going to, I mean, all questions should be, should be or, or, or all options should be considered when it comes to some of the veteran players of this team. We've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it going forward. As the, as the trade deadline gets closer, the Rockies don't really, I mean, I think, we, you know, myself included, I, I think I'm probably at the forefront of this, overhyping some of the opportunity and the options the Rockies and, and that will get back for some of these players because, you know, even Jerickson Profar, who's had flashes of good and greatness this year, Hasn't really done much and is technically when you're looking at a lot of stats, stats and things is below average. Charlie Blackman, I still don't think was ever going to be considered moved by the Rockies. I think the Rockies really like Ryan McMahon as well. He would be really interesting as he continues to hit the ball really hard. Ryan McMahon could be also, I mean, that the situation around him could be really, really interesting moving forward and especially through this season I think the Rockies are, are willing to stick with their guy and I don't think McMahon goes anywhere but anything that you can get for any veteran on this team that's on an expiring low-level minor league not long-term deal it's a no-brainer even if it's draft picks go for a draft pick go I mean that's fine or or get a guy that's that's able to consistently be a 
person who can start a major league baseball game for you at, at this point because Denilson Lamette ain't it. He cannot start. You cannot keep going through these bullpen games. When the Rockies are put when the Rockies reach the the Lamette part of the of of the rotation you just I mean it ain't working. It wasn't working in the beginning of the season out of the bullpen. He's gotten a couple of starts. You have to be willing to pull the tr- uh, to, to pull the plug on that. And the one way that you'd be able to, to to benefit from that is if you're able to actually turn to a farm system in terms of the prospects uh, that are major league caliber. You're probably not get, you're not going to get anything flashy. You're not going to get anything good, but there has to be some young guys out there or some veteran guy uh, or so a veteran sitting on a middling team out there that the Rockies can go and add and bolster to the back of the rotation. The Rockies rotation is going to be a me- a, a mess. A whole mess, I think, for the next few years. Losing John Gray and not doing enough to to entice people to come here is a big mistake. The Rockies have to use, with the injuries that have occurred this year, the Rockies have to use this opportunity to reevaluate and reestablish positions and rebuild and retool. Because your IL is huge. You have the crutch. The Rockies have the perfect crutch now. They can say of underperforming. They can say they're underperforming due to the injuries. That's something that they can benefit. And so, so you have your perfect cover as the Rockies. Now just let the kids play and embrace that. And it's a win-win for both of us. We'll see. All right. Segment one ran a little long there. Apologize. No, no, no. Yeah, don't apologize too much for that. But uh, we, that was kind of my rant uh, there. The, the, the obvious, I, again, I, feel, I don't think that segment's anything new. I think that's pretty obvious statements for the Rockies. It's just embrace the prospects, embrace the young guys, and they'll do some fun stuff like yesterday and see what you can get to retool and reestablish because this isn't your core. These, these veterans aren't going to be here. You're going to be a different team soon, so get better in the future right now. Let's talk about some of the people that make this show possible, like eBay Motors. eBay Motors has got you covered when you are looking to take care of your vehicle. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay fit guarantee, with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. This is the Locked on Rockies podcast. We're free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. We're also on the SiriusXM app and on SiriusXM. Just search Rockies or Locked on Rockies for all your Rockies content there. And we are live on the Locked on Rockies podcast on our YouTube channel as well. And that's where Lux Ace, Nicholas Delvo, and FNL Aviator are hanging out in the live chat Luxay says, Rockies need to embrace selling the team. They had over 30,000 people in attendance yesterday. They, Folks, it's not going to happen. Dick Momford ain't selling anytime soon. It ain't happening. 
I mean, we can we can rant and rave all we want. I I'm, I will help lead a charge, but it ain't happening. It ain't happening anytime soon. The Rockies are going to be Momfort owned for a long, long time, unless something happens. FNL Aviator says, what I wonder, what players can we name who watched as fans or were in the system during the 07 match of, uh, matchup of Rocks versus Red Sox in the World Series? I know for Freeland, it's got to be personal. Uh, when the Rocks play, Freeland should sport a World Series hat. That would be cool. Hey, Freeland's got the Nuggets on today. That's uh, that's all all cool. And uh, I got my, I don't have my, I don't have, I'm, I'm lacking in Nuggets gear. So uh, I got my Big Bills New York Pizza Department shirt on. And those that, that know about Big Bills, which if, if you're in the, the area, Big Bills, incredible. Uh, big Nuggets fan, Big Nuggets connection there. And there's a big table with a Big Nuggets logo. So I went and rocked uh, my, my, my Big Bills <laughs> shirt for us today. FNL Aviator is a little uh, a little nostalgic here for for uh, this uh, this series as well. Loved it when Giambi walked off the Red Sox. Yeah, um, man, I I, I think uh, I, it it two teams in two different spots, but I think it'll be it'll be really really cool. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's always you know I think for a lot of players, as you saw in the socials today, it's always cool to go to Fenway. Always cool to put your name on the big list of players and write your name alongside there. Uh, it, it is cool. I think that's awesome. And it'd be great if the Rockies can go and do some damage there. I mean, as we all know, American league East is good. They're a good baseball team out there. And, uh, the Rockies are certainly up for a challenge, uh, going out there, especially, uh, playing a little late in the day yesterday and, uh, going into this one here, uh, against the Red Sox, the Red Sox, certainly, uh, still a team that, uh, you know, they, 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 they turn things around, you know, three 33 and 33, the Red Sox this year. And they're certainly looking to continue the thumping of the Rockies. Rockies have yet to win 30 games this year, 27 and 40 now on the year. So that just circles back. This is this is the time. It is so. It, it, thank you, Mike Mustakis. Thank you, Jerickson Profar. Thank you, uh, you know, to, to, for 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 being here, for playing some ball this season. But I need to see Nolan Jones in the lineup almost every day. I need to see Ailerice Montero in the lineup every day. I need to see Tolia up here on this team. I need to see all that stuff because I need to see the Rockies of the future so we can get better for the future. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see, though. Uh, but I wanted to, to kind of touch base on the fact that the Rockies just played horribly at home. And if that's an issue of something to be concerned about, uh, overall, but I, I think when you're looking at the, the course field narrative is at least for the Rockies is dead. It's what everyone who doesn't follow the Rockies kind of just assumes the They also assume the Rockies are good offense, good offense, good offense. But this is something we've seen for a few years and it's on full display here. Like when you're looking for the gaps and when you're looking for the differences, man, you just can't let division rivals come in and kick your teeth in. And, uh, that's exactly what happened. Course Field continues to just be the, uh, a home stadium for away teams because this team isn't a great offensive team. Mind you, we listed off those big lists of injuries. Yes, of course, that's certainly playing a factor. All of the Rockies' power is on the IL technically right now. Uh, but it that's, that's the indicator. It's not necessarily that the team can't handle cores or other teams are figuring out cores more than the Rockies. Just the Rockies aren't good on offense. They haven't been good on offense in a few years and they haven't been able to break out and reestablish 
really good offense when they when they were in making the playoffs when they were when even in the down years this was a team that still had a lot of thump and that's just not the case right now there's no power team lacks home runs and when they did have some offense it was uh streaky and it's the Rockies have yet to be able to consistently put together strong offense. They, when they were winning ball games, they were, but it's never been enough to uh, uh, to for the the to break to to avoid these bad stretches, to avoid these stretches of really really bad a uh, uh, ball, to win one game at home in a long homestand and a no in a near week long homestand. You can't do that. And that falls back on the, on the offense. Yes, the pitching blew leads, as Luckace points out. The Rockies did have two uh, four run leads over the uh, the Giants, but the the Giants especially. These are teams you have to you, you can't leave them in the game. You can't let them stay there. When you can get out and score four in the first inning, when you can get out early, and when you can jump ahead, you can't. Take your foot off the gas. You can't strike out as much as you do. You have to just look at the way the Giants took approaches in at, at bats versus the way the Rockies take approaches in at bats. The Giants are patient, swing and make con and, and foul off good pitches and build up counts. The Rockies go down quickly on strikes. The Rockies chase. The Rockies strike out. And the Rockies don't hit for power. They are not a home run hitting team. And that goes completely against the whole narrative, the whole idea, and everything that's talked about when you think about Coors Field. So I'm not worried. I guess, of course, I'm disappointed and worried, quote unquote, about the team's performance at home. But it's more indicative of the offense as a whole and the overall roster as a whole than it is just being Coors Field. This team has some people that that can certainly use Coors Field to its advantage, and and was doing and doing showing some potential damage doing abilities uh, this weekend and throughout some stuff. But plain and simple, it's not the Rockies being a bad home team. It's just the Rockies being a bad offense overall and a bad team in general. <laughs> That's kind of uh, uh, a big part of it. But it doesn't. I mean, another reason though. While you're tackling this behemoth, while you're dealing with this behemoth, while you're rolling, dealing with this issue and this so-called big narrative of Coors Field, let these people figure it out. Let the young guys see and embrace what it's like to play a series at Coors Field and then go on a road and let them do it consistently so they can get in, uh, you know, so they can prepare themselves and become better acclimated and better suited to be successful at Coors Field. All right. Coming up next here, folks, we got a special segment here from Jason Burke here. He's going to tell us all about what is going on in Oakland tomorrow and everything happening with the Oakland A's as they're doing like a reverse boycott type of thing. And, uh, you know, are they moving? What's going on? He's going to break it all down for us here coming up in segment number three. But first, this. How's it going, baseball fans? This is Jason Burke from Locked On A's, and I just wanted to talk to you real quick about the reverse boycott that the A's fans are putting on on June 13th. Um, you, you may have heard about the A's attendance issues over the last couple of years. They're last in baseball right now. I think they're drawing under 10,000 per game 
on Tuesday nights, which is the date of the reverse boycott, they are drawing fewer than 4,000 fans per game. And so the hope with the reverse boycott that the A's are putting on right now is to show Major League Baseball, the, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, the A's owner, John Fisher, and just the baseball world as a whole, that there are fans in Oakland that do care about this team. They just need a reason to go to the games. And A's fans have been through a lot. You probably, you may be one of the people that has pointed and laughed at A's fans because uh, obviously there, there's a lot of things to make fun of with how the franchise has been run over the last almost two decades since John Fisher took over the team. Uh, they don't retain players. They they let guys walk via free agency. They trade away star players. They never retain fan favorites. And those are, you know, that, that's kind of run of the mill for some teams, obviously. But uh, there's also the fact that they play in a very old Coliseum, which has been left to rot. There has been really no nothing put into the Coliseum in years and years. Uh, you, you hear about the sewage. You hear about the Stray Cats. The owner could do something about that if he was so inclined, but he's trying to make it seem as though the, the Coliseum is not a place that can hold baseball games anymore, which is to a, to a degree true. He needs a new ballpark. A's fans need a new ballpark. It needs to be in Oakland, though. And so that is what we are trying to show everybody is with the reverse boycott. There are fans that will show up to baseball games. Uh, one, if John Fisher is not the owner anymore. And two, if there's a product... Uh, and, you know, some some effort put into building community and building uh, just the, the, those bonds with the baseball team that you that you strive for. Uh, a lot of us have grown up with this kind of operation. And so we don't know what to expect. You know, we don't have like a juggernaut like you know, I hate to say it, but the Astros or uh, the Yankees or even how Boston is run. Sometimes it, we, we don't have that kind of a front office. We don't have that, that kind of a budget. Uh, but we, we've been hoping for the best and we've been spit upon uh, by our owner so, so many times. And uh, in return, he has been actively and publicly looking for a, a place to relocate this ball team, this, this ball club that we have enjoyed for so long, uh, all of our lives for a lot of us. And uh, just to be uprooted like that is just not something that any of us feels is necessary. There, there are fans in the East Bay. There are fans in the Bay area that will support this team. They will not support John Fisher. And that's, that's kind of the crux of this whole thing right here is John Fisher needs to go or he needs to sell to somebody else. Something needs to happen, but there needs to be baseball in Oakland. That is what we are getting at here. The expectation for this game. I, I said that, you know, there's been under 4,000 fans going to Tuesday games. Uh, there's been two, there's been five games overall. Two of those games have drawn more than 5,000 fans and it hasn't been 6,000. It's been five, like 5,100. It hasn't been a lot. So if, if the A's, if, you know, A's fans collectively draw 20,000 fans, that's a success. I think that's at least four times the most in attendance that we've seen for a Tuesday game this season. This also, these, I don't know if you've noticed this, are on a historically bad pace. They, they've won four in a row right now, as I'm recording this, that I could change on Sunday. But uh, they haven't been a good team either. So what reasons do A's fans have to go to these games and to spend money? Uh, another fun point that doesn't get brought up a lot is that after uh, ownership was, you know, cutting back payroll, which forced the front office to trade away guys like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chamaniah, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, 
among others. He let Frankie, uh, or sorry, uh, Mark Hanna walk. Uh, Starling Marte was never going to be resigned by the A's, let's face it. But all that that was a core. Also, uh, Marcus Semien, he, he was also part of that team. They let him walk. They wouldn't offer him a qualifying offer. And then he's been basically an MVP since. So he, he's been okay. Uh, all of those guys have walked out the door. And in the middle of all of that, while not really putting on a winning uh, a winning team on onto the field in 2022 or 2023 so far, um, they also doubled ticket prices. They're making it harder for fans to go enjoy this team or to go enjoy baseball, let alone enjoy you know the losing product that's on the field. So there, there's been a lot of barriers put in front of A's fans, and so we're gonna try and jump over those barriers. Not literally, but figuratively, on thir- on uh, on Tuesday, June thirteenth, against the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, A's fans picked a team that doesn't usually draw that well. The Tampa Bay Rays are that team, and so obviously they're one of the better teams in baseball, maybe even the best at the at the time that you're hearing this. Uh, they're they're a pretty good team, but they they're not like a big draw on the road. So we're gonna see what A's fans can do. Um, one thing that we have done so far is uh, raised over thirty thousand dollars in order to provide fans that go to this game the the june 13th boycott game reverse boycott game uh t-shirts they just they're kelly green they say sell they're very bare bones they're very basic they have been made at cost by local retailer oaklandish at five dollars a pop and there's going to be over seven thousand to give away at this game that is just a testament to how much this team means to the community and uh that it there's a lot going on right now. It's been uh, difficult. Obviously, nobody wants to lose their team. And we're on the cusp right now. Uh, the Nevada legislature is currently in recess. Uh, they resume uh, you know, their discussions and all that stuff on Monday. But it looked as though when they went into recess that the ballpark bill in Nevada did not have the votes. Amendments are being made, likely, to try and get these guys to yes, to vote yes on this bill. And so uh, time is of the essence. And so I guess what we're hoping for from baseball fans around around all of baseball, if you're a Phillies fan, if you're a Rockies fan, if you're a Royals fan, if you're going to a game on Tuesday, if you have a sell shirt, that'd be great. If you have an A's hat, that would be amazing. If you want to make a sign that says sell or Fisher out or uh, hashtag Oak together, that's O-A-K together. Um, that would be amazing. Just stand in unity with A's fans because we could use all the support that we we can get right now. Uh, we're hoping for a sellout, but if we get 20,000 fans at the Coliseum, despite all of the impediments that have been put in our way, um, I think that that would be incredible. And to, if we can get fans from other communities as well on board with this, that would be fantastic. If you have an A's hat and you're not going to a game that day, t- snap a picture of it. Tag me at by Jason B. Uh, on social media, go ahead and do that. That would be amazing. And then I'll retweet that. You can also retweet or uh, tweet them over to Locked On A's or just use the hashtag Oak together. And uh, we can really make this thing spread because the owners meetings are happening starting on June 13th. And uh, they're going to be they're going to be asking John Fisher, hey, what's going on at your ballpark, man? What, what's going on with that? And then maybe in a couple of months, they vote no on, on relocation. So uh, that, that's a backup plan. So these are all pipe dreams. These are all hopes and wishes, but uh, stand together with A's fans. We would really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. And, uh, you know, go your team. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Oak together there. If you are with, if you feel, I mean, if you're frustrated, I mean, there's one thing, at least the Rockies 
don't do what the A's do. At least the Rockies, you, you might be frustrated with the Momforts. You might be upset with the Momforts. You might be upset with the way the Rockies are being run, but the Rockies are in Colorado, and they ain't going anywhere anytime soon so uh please support the uh, a's uh, tune into that and uh you know don't you know if you got the a's gear rep it there uh i'll probably try to talk to jason i don't think tomorrow's necessarily going to be the best day to try to talk to jason about it but i'll i'll try to get him on the show where we can dive deeper into what's going on together because i think that's a worthwhile uh conversation to, to to be had as well so he really wanted to get the word out he wanted to tell everyone i think that's one of the biggest conversations in baseball so happy to let jason have uh that third segment of the show uh but folks that's going to do for today's episode of locked on rockies thank you so much for tuning in and for joining us hoping for better things ahead for the Rockos, because man that homestand was a total stinker that last game was kind of cool i guess it was an ugly win but a win's a win rockies do avoid the sweep of the dreaded padres uh there as well Folks, until next time, find us free and streaming on your favorite streaming service or on SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Thank you to Lux Ace. Thank you to FNL Aviator. Thank you to Don Parker. Thank you to Nicholas Delvo for tuning into the live chat today. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This is Locked on Rockies. I'm Paul Holden, and we'll catch you on the flippity flip.